Welcome to the Empower From Within podcast presented to you by Trezal House. I'm your host, Jessica West, founder, author, speaker, and coach. Every week on the show, I share an inspiring interview with an incredible entrepreneur, author, healer, or change maker to tell their empowering story. At the end of each episode, I highlight the key self-empowerment takeaways to help you discover the limitless power you have within yourself to reach for your greatest desires and create the life that's truly worth living on your terms. I'm so happy to have you here with me today and together, let's go within. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're having an amazing week so far and that you're enjoying the holiday season. Today, I'm speaking with Jenny Raitson. She's a Tel Aviv-based former architect turned entrepreneur, speaker, and coach. She helps entrepreneurs and leaders work smarter, not harder, so that they can stress less, accomplish more, and feel better through mindful productivity. She's on a mission to redefine productivity outside of the hustle culture and help people find better, less stressful ways to reach their professional goals without sacrificing their personal lives and desires. Today, we talk all about prioritizing our mental well-being, setting healthy boundaries, and Jenny shares three steps to manage our energy so that we can avoid burnout. It's really such a great conversation. And so without any further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Jenny, and welcome to the Empower From Within podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today and excited for everything that we're going to talk about. I have to be honest with you. I have never heard of a mindful productivity coach, but after learning a little bit about it, I think it's incredible and everybody needs to hear about what it is that you're doing. So I'm so excited to get into that. But before we do, can you Take us on the journey of what led you on this path to becoming the coach that you are today. Yes, and thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to talk about it and share more about mindful productivity. Um, Well, it started about eight years ago. I used to be an architect uh, working for a great firm. Everything was going good. I was making good money. I was just... Um, promoted to be a team leader and everything looked great on the outside but I just I wasn't happy um, just because I felt very very exhausted I don't want to say I completely burned myself out but I was very very close and I was just ending my days really really exhausted and didn't actually have the time or more so the energy to do the things that really mattered to me and I then then became my obsession, started my obsession with productivity. And I'm like, okay, if I can just like manage my time better, maybe I can do more things. And I realized that no matter how much I managed my time, it didn't help because the more I did, it never felt like enough. And I would still end my days exhausted. And the more I tried to do, um, I just felt like I was failing on all parts. Like I wasn't good enough at work. I wasn't good enough with my partner. Like I wasn't spending enough time with my friends and with my parents and with myself. And I didn't have to, like, I felt frustrated all the time. I'm sure some, some people can relate to that feeling. And one day I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I felt like I had enough because I kept asking myself and everybody around me, like all conversations started with like, is this it? Is this life? Like, is this adulthood for people? And everybody's like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, I don't think so. I'm sure there's a better way to do things. 
And I just quit my job um, after eight years at the same company, bought a plane ticket to Brazil and said like, okay, I'm just going to find a better way to do things. Um, and I just started exploring a lot of things on different practices from energy management to subconscious reprogramming and mindfulness and meditation. Like I tried many, many modalities um, and kind of this journey began with me just sharing the information I learned. And I saw that people like really benefited from these tips. And I'm like, okay, let me start um, getting a certificate. I went to do a coaching certificate and I studied mental fitness, uh, which is positive intelligence, which is like a, the most amazing pro, um, technique I know and modality I know to help people really reprogram how we think from the core and really helped me change a lot of my limiting beliefs about working and hustling and my expectations from myself and how I view success and just really changing things at the core. And all of this combination really helped me change my life. And then I said, okay, if I could change my life, can I help other people do the same? And in a very long way, this is kind of what led me to do what I do today. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I applaud you for having the courage to really step out and be like, no, I'm feeling a pull. And so I'm going to follow this because you're right. A lot of people think that this is adulting. It's just the way it is. And so I want to get into everything that you started working on and like the tools that you have, but I do want to touch on guilt. Now, did you feel guilt in your journey? And I'm saying this because I feel like a lot of us may be stuck in feeling like on the outside world, we have the perfect life. So what is wrong with us? We must be so self-centered to want more. And then we end up being guilty. And then that just makes everything so much worse for us. So how did you handle that guilt? Oh, the guilt. I think the guilt comes in, in so many forms and so many ways especially for women. I think we are programmed to kind of like sprinkle guilt on everything. And I think we have to, again, kind of reframe in the fact that we not necessarily want to do more, but we want to do things differently. We want to have time and energy for the things that matter to us. And a lot of the times I see a lot of my clients we're spending our days reacting to what other people wanting from us, to putting out fires, to responding to distractions and demands of other people. And then at the end of the day, it's not that we want to do more. It's we feel like we're not doing the things that actually matter to us. And I think that in my research, in my discoveries, in many, many years of practice, I learned that feeling that guilt is actually what's preventing us from changing the situation. So cultivating self-compassion and empathy and learning how to reframe that guilt is actually the number one step to creating a different life for ourselves because the guilt, and if we're talking, we're going to talk a little bit about energy management, all these expectations that society have from us, that we have from ourselves is really, really draining mentally. Like part of the reason that we feel exhausted by the end of the day, even if we haven't accomplished a lot, is because our mind is constantly in this spiral of like, why did I do, didn't do this? Or I haven't done this, or I haven't done this good enough, or 
just overthinking everything or we feel guilt from procrastinating things. So that's draining and we end our days really, really drained. And that guilt just drains more and more and more energy. So we have left, less energy to actually put in the things that matter to us. So just learning how to reframe guilt and just asking ourselves better question. I think one of my favorite quotes is the quality of our lives is depending on the qualities of the questions that we ask ourselves. And it's just about asking ourselves better question, whether it's like, okay, what does success truly looks like for me? Or in this project or in this task, how, how much is good enough for me? Like, do I have to put 120% in everything I do? Or does sometimes just 100 or 80% will do, and then I'll have time and energy for other things that matter to me? Like, we need to kind of reframe that and let the, the guilt go because it's not beneficial and it's very unproductive. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that reframing idea. And it's also, I think a bit of, because we have such like an output focused society where like it's actual, the physical work and that's how you're being productive. But I think we really need to start switching it and recognize that it's mental energy that we're using when we're doing things, you know, even if we're thinking about something like trying to strategize something and even with that confusion that we have within ourselves, like if we go back to the guilt, like struggling with that, that is so energy draining. And so of course we're going to be tired, but then we don't see it that way. And then we have even more guilt for then not having the energy. And it's just like this never ending perpetual cycle that keeps going. And so I really appreciate that. It sounds like it's a lot of like self-awareness, asking yourself those tough questions. Uh, and like, what do I really want? Things like that. And so can we start diving into some of these energy management strategies then for anybody who's feeling like they have a hard time with, you know, managing their energy to be able to do the things that truly feels good to them and aligns with their true self? Yeah, well, you you said the first step, which is awareness. That's the mindful part of mindful productivity, which is kind of like my unique framework I created, which first step is awareness. I think we don't even realize, first of all, a lot of people are not aware of the fact that we're consistent of energy and I'm not speaking in like the woo-woo terms, but what drives us is energy. Energy is everything. It's focus, it's creativity, it's uh, good decision-making, it's confidence. Everything is, mental energy is the fuel that drives everything. And we need to become aware of what drains our energy and what fills our energy. And also that some tasks have not only time, but they have energy, they take energy. It's attention, it's focus. And once we shift our perspective from time management to energy management, it shifts the way we look at productivity completely. So what I recommend people to do is the first step is just paying more attention to your energy levels. And when we're talking about energy, we're talking about five basic pillars, which is physical energy, emotional, mental, spiritual, and social. And I think the, the physical part is the part that most of us are, are aware of. We're like, okay, if we haven't gotten enough sleep or if we're tired, we feel tired. So we connect tired to physical energy. But that's just the basic. Obviously, we need to have a great night's sleep, have enough rest, uh, 
see what we're putting into our body, fuel our body with nutritious food, water, has a great effect on our productivity. But that's just one part. A lot of the things, like we said, emotionally and mentally are draining to us. Um, Self-doubt, overthinking, insecurities, guilt, shame, all of these negative thoughts are huge source of energy drainers and we need to be aware of it. This is internally. If we look externally, there are things in our environment. Maybe it's toxic people. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's things we consume. Um, a lot of factors in our environment. It can be even the weather. If we don't like it, the winter and it's raining, it can drain our energy. So just making a list of what drains my energy on all aspects. That's step number one. Then step number two is going to be becoming more aware. And it's, this is the step that's much easier for people. What fuels your energy? What fuels your energy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially? If we're introverts, we usually fuel our energy by ourselves and having a long alone time. If we're extroverts, we need social activities to fuel our energy. So just becoming aware of it and really putting it down on paper, making those two lists and just seeing this in front of you. And the second step would be very, very easy. Trying to reduce or remove as much as we can the things that drain our energy and refuel and prioritize the things that fuel our energy. This is how we create that balance. If we have less drainers, and more fuelers, our energy levels will be higher, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's reminding me of the hierarchy of our basic human needs. And so do you have like a framework to pe for people to really start looking at what are the things that give them energy? Uh, like when I'm thinking of the human needs, like we have like the need for love and connection, the need for certainty, contribution. Um, and so is there a tool for people to really understand like, oh, okay, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. And so I need more of this to feel full of energy. Like what does that process look like for people to really find those energy sources? Um, well, in my coaching, I do have like an assessment that people go okay. through with lots of processes and we look at everything. But just for people that are listening, just pay attention. Mindfulness and awareness comes a great deal and just pay attention. Okay, you're spending time with somebody. After that, do you feel more energized or do you feel more drained? And kind of take a mental note of it and just saying like, okay, going to this party after that, do I feel like we don't need this uh, um, labels of extrovert and introvert if people don't know what it means, but just paying attention to things that make you feel good, energized and flow, happy, expansive, or things that make you feel tired, exhausted, drained, um, like you just like, you can't have it anymore and just paying attention. And it doesn't, you don't need to know everything, but just in your life, you can pay attention to what people fuel or drain your energy, what activities. And again, sometimes we are saying like, oh, exercising is great, but pay attention to what exercise actually works for you and what time, because energy fluctuates through the seasons of the year, through the month, especially with women. By the way, men also have a cycle of the month. It just doesn't end with a period, but we also have an energetic cycle. Um, how are your energies, energy levels throughout the week? Do you feel more energized um, maybe on Monday mornings because you're feeling refreshed after a weekend? 
just like paying attention. Some, some of us are morning people. Some of us are late nighters. So just taking notice, you can even like take a piece of paper and just track it for a couple of days. Not meticulously because I feel like that uh, very like puts up people, but just paying attention of like what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And like taking this mental note of like, oh, this actually, this person or this friend makes me feel so good when I meet them. How can I spend more time with that? On the contrary, if we're like going to work or a client or a colleague, they're like, okay, this person is very toxic. They're really draining my energy. By the way, the person doesn't have to be toxic. It just can be very draining to spend time with that. I think we all have like that person in mind. So just paying a mental note of like, okay, spending time with this person really drains my energy. How can I reduce it? Or again, set some boundaries around that topic or person. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I want to get into the boundaries, but I do just want to make a point that I feel like it's so good. What you're saying is just to really like hone in and get to know what feels good for you and where your energy is draining, because I feel like a lot of us could even get caught up. For example, when we're looking at losing weight and there's so many, you know, people telling us what to do, like wake up at 5am and start working out or do it, you know, at night. And so we can be doing these things that really don't feel good. And it's just so many of us are disconnected. So it doesn't feel good, but we're like, oh, I just got to push harder and like, I'll get through it and I'll get there. Or we could take a better approach and just really hone in and do what feels good for us right away. Exactly. And just so you know that there's research showing that if we push through resistance through a certain percent, we actually get less results than if we do it in a more aligned way. So it's a very, very sneaky limiting belief that if we just push through resistance, and again, we need to be very discerning on when it's a good push. And I'm like pushing the boundaries of my own like comfort zone. And when am I pushing against myself? We need to learn how to discern that feeling. But we have a lot of studies in neuroscience that show us that actually pushing through resistance and negative emotion can produce lower results. So be very, very, and it's going to make us feel worse. We're not going to be as happy constantly pushing against us. If we're not a morning person and we read at some book that we need to wake up at 5 a.m. and we're making ourselves do it because we feel like it's going to give us some illusion of productivity or success, we are not going to, A, able to sustain it for a long time. B, we're not going to be able to be happy about this or ourselves. And we have to remember that a lot of the time when we're reaching for goals, when we want to achieve more or we want more money or that thing or that relationship, eventually the core reason for it is because we want to feel happy. And if we're not feeling happy on the way to achieving that goal, I feel we're kind of missing the point. So again, I do believe in like a performance coach. So I do believe in setting goals and achieving them, but I do believe doing it in a, in a way that feels good for us because otherwise it's not actually worth it for me. This is my personal belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. And that study really needs to be like out there at the forefront. So people are aware of that and I, I personally feel, and like in my personal experience, when you try, 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 and then as you're saying, ultimately you're going to end up like getting exhausted or feeling burned out. 
And then it just takes a hit on your self-confidence even more because then you start asking yourself, what is wrong with me? Why can't I, you know, do this at 5 a.m. like everybody else is doing? This is what success is. So if I'm not doing it, what am I? And then it just like, again, it just gets you in this whole cycle. And so, so, so important to hone in and develop that self-awareness first to really understand who you are. Now let's talk about boundaries. How do people set boundaries with other people? But I see it even like with themselves and maybe like the information that they're taking in and all of that, just like setting that healthy boundary for themselves so they can really, you know, strengthen their understanding of themselves, their self-love. Like what is kind of your, what do you suggest to people to start setting those healthy boundaries? I think that before we set healthy boundaries, we need to understand what we're setting the boundaries for, and it comes to prioritizing. Once we prioritize our mental well-being, our mental energy, or we have that list, like we said, we have that list of everything that fuels our energy, everything that makes us feel good, energized, recharged on every front, and we prioritize that, we have to say no to everything else. And that's like the basics of boundaries for me. If I know that something is, I always go by my energy. Like if I know something is going to drain my energy and is not going to move me forward. And this is a hard no for me. And once I prioritize my mental fuelers, um, I say no to everything else. And I think it comes, the, the boundaries come from, first of all, understanding our own needs and desires and again it's something that we as women a lot of the time are not good at we're so good at taking care of everything and everybody else and attending to everybody else's needs that we kind of tend to forget like what are our own needs so just taking the time and reflecting of what we want what we need what feels good for us what fuels our energy should that this should be a priority then the boundaries are going to be easier because we understand that we need to fuel our mental energy because we logically even understand that this is the basics of everything. I don't want to say this cliche phrase, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And if we don't take care of ourselves and we boundaries is just like closing the holes on that cup so it won't leak. Um, so if we understand that our mental energy is a top priority, because if we're tired, if we're stressed, if we're exhausted, we're not going to be good as at our jobs, at our running our businesses, as mothers, as partners, as friends, as whatever it is, we have to prioritize our mental energy. So putting the boundaries on whatever is making our energy train, I think it's, should be a top priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the way that you put that. And it's making me think how much emphasis do you think goes on self-love? Because I'm thinking about boundaries, like how sometimes, you know, a friend invites us to an outing and we really don't feel like going. So we say no, but then they're like, oh, come on, like it won't be for long. And then we end up, you know, just going anyways against what we feel is good for us. And so I feel like there's there needs to be a certain level of self-love to be like, I am going to make my needs a priority. And so do you have any like offers or suggestions for people to really find that sense of self-love within themselves to be able to, you know, abide to the boundaries that they've set in place for themselves? 
Yeah, I love that question. I think it's kind of like the chicken and the egg here situation because we're saying like, okay, we need self-love in order to be able to say no and prioritize other people's needs over our own. But I think that when we say no, we're actually showing ourselves self-love. And I think that self-love is such a huge topic that I really like to kind of break it down to the simplest things. So one part of self-love for me is prioritizing myself. This is how I show my self-love. And when I say to a person, what is the boundary or what is saying no in, in this great example you brought is I'm saying my needs are more or as important as your own. And we're always needing to scale like other people's needs and our own needs. And again, if somebody needs us and a friend really needs us and I don't know, they broke up with their partner or they're having a crisis and they're asking, like, of course, I would prioritize that over everything or if my client's easy. But if it's just a want and I have a need, it's always the scale. And I'm like, no, I'm prioritizing myself. And this is something I didn't know how to do until a few years ago. And since I started doing it, it's it's a game changer. And saying no, actually, I feel like has developed my love for myself. Because when we say no, we're actually saying to our subconscious part, that part that always feels not enough and always feels guilty is like, we're telling to ourselves like, hey, you matter. And then you're like, hmm, I matter. Okay. And it boosts our self-love with like 1%. And if we keep doing it and keep doing it, keep doing it, eventually we're building self-love, we're building self-worth, we'll be, we'll, we're building a lot of confidence and it reflects in every area of our lives. Mm-hmm. I love the way you put that want versus need. I think that's brilliant to really start paying attention to that. And what do you think about celebrating yourself? Because I feel like that's like when building these new beliefs or building these, these new habits to really set yourself as a priority and maybe say no to certain things, like, would you also suggest like celebrate yourself in some way for making that positive step towards your, you know, fullness? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think it's a huge milestone in building good habits. And I even want to say not necessarily celebrate as more as acknowledge, acknowledge yourself for setting a boundary, acknowledge yourself for prioritizing yourself, acknowledge yourself for doing a good job. It doesn't need to, because sometimes when we say celebration, we're like, oh, like, what am I going to celebrate? Like, usually it's like food or a drink. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to do it for everything I do. And we need to like acknowledge ourselves. And it's just like, you know, how we're training a dog to do, excuse my example, but training a dog to do something like to change their behavior. So sometimes it's with a treat, like, hey, good boy, here's a treat for whatever you did. But sometimes it's just like a pat on the back and saying like, hey, good boy. We have to learn how to do it to ourselves and just say like, oh, good for me. I like, I prioritize myself. This feels good. Giving ourselves this positive reinsurance really makes us more likely to continue on this path behavior for the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're so right. Acknowledge is a much better word than, than celebrate in this case. Um, I love also celebrating. We should also celebrate yeah, it right. yourself, but just like for not every small thing. Right. Well, and, and celebration, like that could be perceived differently to so many people, right? It could be like a simple, like, woohoo, good, good on me, pat on the back, or it could be, you know, 
take a drink a in hand and all of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Running to the store and getting a cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what is the most common kind of scenario that you get when people come to work with you? Do you feel like you see a lot of people who maybe are burnt out and just like past the point of no return and now they're coming to see you? Or do you see a lot of people who are, you know, almost doing this for like preventative? Like what is the most common case for you? My dream client is coming for me for preventative reasons, but unfortunately, because we're really programmed to that, most of my clients do come to me when they're burnt out uh, because then they're like, or on the verge of burning out, or I have two kinds of clients. So one is burnout or on the verge of like, okay, I had enough things have to change. Um, and some clients come to me because they're like, okay, I understand that the way I um, perform right now or the way I run my schedule or the way I run my home isn't allowing me to go to the next level. Like I'm hitting an upper limit and I know I need, and I understand I need a change in my thought patterns and my habits to go to the next level. And I think that, and part of my life's mission, this is why I love talking about this topic, is when we get to this state of burnout or just running on empty, it's taking us way more time to recover. Imagine our energy level like this um, giant reservoir of water or pool. If we're learning how to manage our energy in a regular state, so our energy level goes down a little bit, we fuel it, we're just like managing and it's it, it maintains a certain level, a certain level that we need to perform at our best. If we're constantly letting life drain us, there's this draining hole in the, the, the bottom of the pool and life just is draining. Thoughts are draining, people are draining, economy is draining, our businesses, everything is draining, draining, draining. And if we don't know how to intentionally fuel our mental energy, eventually we will get to a state that our pool is dry. We can't swim in a dry pool. This is kind of like my metaphor for burnout. But in this state, if we now open the tap, it's going to take us so much more time and so much more energy to fill up that pool to a level we can actually perform. And I'm not just even saying thrive. So if more people were aware of the state that we're like, okay, we're not going to this, like, we're not going to wait until like, I can't anymore and come and learn some of these tools, I think less people will get to the point that they're completely burnt out and, you know, want to burn their business or want to burn their marriage. And we can save a lot of aspects because our mental energy, actually, it's not just about our productivity and our work. It's affecting everything, our relationships, our relationship with ourselves, like every aspect of our lives. Right. Because when we're in that state, we're almost unable to make those actual like good decisions for us. We kind of like don't have that mental capacity anymore because it's just like tapped out. Exactly. Making good decisions require mental fuel. That's what fuels it. Even if we're talking like big decisions or even the smallest decisions of like, am I making myself a salad for dinner or am I eating the chocolate cake from yesterday? Like, this is a decision that takes up mental energy. And if we are so low on our mental energy, it only goes for survival functions. 
our brain is very hardwired. We are, as human, hardwired for survival. So if our mental capacity is low, mental energy is low, the energy is safe for basic needs and basic functions. So everything else, like creativity, confidence, focus, doesn't get the fuel that it needs. And so we're, when we're in this state of basically survival, it's really hard for us to thrive. And now where it sounds really dramatic when I said it like this, but a lot of the time when we have trouble concentrating in our work, if we constantly get distracted, focus also requires mental energy. And if we're low on that, it goes to other functions. Our brain, it doesn't get to the part of our brain that uses focus, creativity, like like you said, good decision-making, all of these functions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And for the example of like, what do you eat? I mean, when you're that drained, you're likely going to end up instinctually reaching for the chocolate cake because it has that like instant energy boost, but then you got the energy crash, but you're not really thinking about that in the moment. And so you just kind of like impulsively, you know, end up getting that quick energy foods. And then you're right. It also affects like your mental energy and like the output that you create. And that's why something that I often say on the podcast and you, you mentioned it before, like filling your cup first and then how boundaries really like make sure to keep that energy within, because when you show up like full, then you can actually start dipping in and giving your energy to others. But until that point, you're not really showing up effectively And I think that's not really the nicest statement to say, and it could like be a little hurtful for, you know, I'm thinking back to myself and I would try, 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 try. And so for someone to tell me that, oh, I'm not really benefiting someone. And it's like, it's not that you're not benefiting, but you're not benefiting as much as you could if you would show up being full within yourself. Um, I really just hope like hearing that truth can help people really start to make themselves a priority when they recognize the ripple effect that they have in their life and everything and everyone around them. No, I agree with you. And this is the truth I needed to hear a few years ago. I think that not taking care of ourselves is the most selfish thing a person can do. Like if you are taking care of your kids or partner or work or whatever it is on the expense of your own self-care on your own mental energy, I think you're really being selfish because you're giving the, 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 the crumbs, the rest of you to the people that deserve the best of you. Wow. This is sounded really cliche, but it's true because when we're running low, if it's just this example of pouring into your cup first, but when your cup is very empty or just has a very tiny amount of energy, This is what you're pouring to others, just drops of the last of the energy you have. If you're taking care of yourself and filling up your cup, you will have more to give. So not doing it is actually really, really selfish and not the other way around. Like we have been taught in society that, oh, self-care is like selfish and taking time to rest is selfish and doing all of these things is selfish because we have to keep on doing, performing, being for other people. And I think it's completely the other way around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just had a thought. Do you think we think that it looks so selfish because people run themselves to the point of burnout? So they're way too drained. So then it really has to all be about them for a little bit while they full 
fill that pool back up in order to be able to give more. But if we held ourselves at a sustainable level, then self-care allows us to give more to others. And we won't reach that point of like, let me lock myself away from the world right now for a month because like I'm empty. (laughs) I need to refuel myself and I can't, I don't have energy to give to anybody at this point. I think it's an excuse we use so we can take time off. Oh, I'm completely burnt out. Then when people like realize, okay, this is like an emergency, you have to do it. Like, and, and we're taking it to like the physical point of like, okay, like my body is crashing, completely crashing. Like I have this illness, I have to rest. Or when you're like, oh, it's just like a flu, I can continue. And I think, and again, I'm, there's no shame in it. I think we're truly programmed as a society that we need to keep burning. It's part of like our hustle culture that no matter how much we talk about it, we are still very much in it, especially our generation. Um, I think the younger generation are, are a little bit better at this, but women in past 25, if you're listening to me, especially in their 30s and 40s, we are just programmed to believe that we have to keep going and keep working and keep giving and pausing for a second is either selfish or we're less than because we need this pause. And again, we have to reprogram ourselves at the core level in our subconscious parts of our limiting beliefs and just reframe that notion so we can truly A, thrive in life and B, be happy. Just enjoy it guilt-free. And I feel like this is my favorite uh win from clients that they're able to like rest and like take time off or just spend time with their loved ones and not feeling guilty and not worrying about work. This is when I'm like, okay, this is my, my favorite, favorite success from clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine because then it's really like people are living the life that I believe that we were really meant to live when we came here, right? Like it's supposed to be happy. We're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to love all of that. And so I really love everything that you shared with us today, Jenny. And to wrap it up nicely, can we, because we talked about a lot of things, can we give like those two or three steps for people to start taking action today to start managing their energy? So the first one was to cultivate the self-awareness. What were the other ones? So first of all, self-awareness on what drains you and what fuels you. The second step is going to be trying to reduce, remove, or set a boundary on everything that drains your energy. It can be in the smallest things to the biggest things. Just pay attention and see if you can't remove it because it's a person or a state or a thought. Just think like, how can I reduce it? How can I set a boundary around it? Maybe I'm not seeing this person every week or every day. Maybe I'm reducing the amount of content and just saying that. And the third step is really prioritizing your mental fillers, okay? And it just actually means, so not when you need it. If you're, I'm always saying like rest before you're tired. If you're already tired and running on empty, meaning that your energy level and your pool is already so low that you're too late. So start cultivating this awareness of like, where am I just starting to feel my energy drain? Or I'm like feeling a little exhausted and then fuel your energy. And it can be in the smallest amount. A lot of things 
I'm going on a tangent, but I think a lot of people feel like <laughs> um, self-care, they look at self-care or rest in the big things. Like I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to take a spa day. I'm going to enroll in this like yoga retreat. And that is amazing. You should definitely do that. And fueling your energy can take 30 seconds sometimes if you're doing it right. Maybe with a mindfulness exercise, maybe with a glass of water that can like bring you some energy and like get your juices flowing. Maybe with like a snack in the middle of the day or a 10 minute break. Don't think of like the big things. Think of how can you refuel your energy in the smallest ways throughout the day. Okay, you're feeling tired. Take a break, five minutes, go outside, stare at a tree through the window, put on your favorite music dance around, do some breathing exercise, and then come back. Like always remember that if you've been working for an hour or two and it drained your energy, you have to keep filling it up because it's not going to fill up by itself. So I think that's kind of like my basic three-step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. And I loved that tangent. Thank you for that. And it's making me think because I do get people tell me, oh, I did self-care and I went to the spa today. But while I was there, all I thought about was how much things I still had to do at home. And it's like, it doesn't matter how much time you spent at the spa. That's not self-care if you're caught up in your mind and just, you know, playing on repeat all of the things that you should be doing. And so I love the idea of like, it could just be a couple seconds of just like, Ooh, mentally relaxing yourself because we really want to like calm down that nervous system so that we could like really connect and then rest and reset. Right. And so maybe it's, it's also not so much about the action that you take, but more about the internal process that's happening within your own mind. It's not about the time. It's about the energy because think about it. You can do the same activity one day and feel completely like drained. You can be in a spot and be completely drained. If all you thought about is like work, 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 and you can be in work and just feel completely energized because you're doing something that makes you happy and you're working on a project and you're in the flow. So it's not the time or whether it's work or life. It's always, always, always comes down to energy. And once we kind of make this perspective shift and look at everything, task people through the lens of does this drain my energy or does this fuel my energy or life is going to really, really change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so good. Lastly, Jenny, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you if they want to learn more? Yes. Um, they can find me on Instagram at leisure hacker or on my website, leisurehacker.com. I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes. So come say hi to me. I'm happy to connect. Okay. Amazing. Well, Jenny, I can't thank you enough for everything that you shared today. I think it is so relevant to each and every one of us on the world today. And so thank you for spending time and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you for having me. This was such a fantastic conversation with practical takeaways that we can embody right away in our lives to begin managing our energy and prioritizing our mental well-being. For our self-empowerment takeaways today, I decided to repeat Jenny's three steps for energy management. The first step is to cultivate self-awareness. Become aware of what drains your energy and what fuels you with energy. And so you might consider taking a sheet of paper out 
drawing a line down the middle and on one side of the page, write all of the things, the activities, the places, the people that seem to drain your energy, that leave you feeling depleted. And on the other side of the page, write the things, the activities, the places, the people that seem to fuel you with energy and make you feel good. Step two, set boundaries. Once you know what drains you and what fuels you, decide to spend less time on the things that drain your energy and spend more time on the things that energize you. And step three, make your mental wellness a priority. Put your needs before the wants of others. As always, I would love to hear your biggest takeaway from this conversation, so please leave me a rating and review on the podcast platform that you're listening to right now. If you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please go ahead and answer the question that I asked in the episode page itself. If you leave a takeaway, I will give you a shout out on the next episode. Also, if you're listening to this episode on our YouTube channel right now, please go ahead and put your takeaway in the comments. I cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And until next time, be empowered. Thanks for being here. I hope you got just as much value out of today's episode as I did. If you feel called, please leave a rating and review of this podcast and share this episode with someone who you feel would benefit from the conversation we had. It's going to help us reach more people. And this is just one way that we can all help empower each other from the inside out.